You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, we'll take a look at how some Gators prospects stack up when compared to other players at their position in their similar draft range. So we'll take a look at Kyle Pitts, who, of course, no one's really in his range at tight end, but we'll take a look compared to the other top tight ends. Kadarius Toney, who is more of an offensive weapon than wide receiver, but we'll compare him to maybe a couple other offensive weapons, a couple wide receivers, and Kyle Trask, who we'll compare to, of course, other quarterbacks that are similar to him. Also... Thank you to the person who left a review but didn't leave a name on Apple Podcasts and to Jacob Red who did leave a name. It is very much appreciated. I will be taking those reviews into account and please do leave a review or reach out to me in some way so that I can really make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Like I mentioned, Kyle Pitts is pretty much in a class of his own there's really no one even close to him i i personally think kyle pitts is the best overall player in this class of course not taking into account positional value i do think that there's just pound for pound not a better player than kyle pitts in the 2021 nfl draft um for those curious after Kyle Pitts, it's Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. That's just that's just how things played out when I was evaluating. But say la vie, right? Why not? Um, next up would be Pat Fryermuth, the big tight end out of Penn State. I do think that Pat could have the edge when it comes to blocking, um, but given just how they'll be used differently. I think blocking isn't weighted as heavily when we're looking at the modern-day tight end, just given how often they split into the slot and split out wide. So I think it's very important to note that while Pat Fryermuth is a better blocker, um, there's not a huge margin there. But I do think that as a receiver, there's a pretty wide margin between Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth. I also think that Pat Fryermuth has a very high ceiling and a pretty low floor, at least in the passing game. He's just very raw in some areas. I think he's a very stiff route runner. I think he's got a lot to work on there. I Like I said, he's a very good college blocker, but he's going to have to refine that a little bit when he steps up to the next level because it's not as simple as just bullying some of these lesser defensive ends here. Uh, he... Also, Pat Frymuth has struggled against more physical defenders, I'll say. And that's something that we know Kyle Pitts has absolutely no problem with just brushing off at the end of the day. 
So, yes, I do think Pat Fryermuth is the second best tight end in the class. But I still think he's not very close to Kyle Pitts at all, really. Next up, Miami tight end Brevin Jordan. Uh, Jordan is 6'3", 247. I've compared him to Jonu Smith, who I've spoken about a lot because we talk about Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta, and Atlanta's new head coach used to be the offensive coordinator for Tennessee, of course the Titans, uh, and Jonu Smith was a tight end there. So I've compared Brevin Jordan to Jonu Smith, at least at his ceiling. Brevin Jordan is incredibly raw. He's... He's a great athlete for a tight end, but he's he's a bit of a poor route runner. He's a poor blocker at this point. Um, in terms of just being a receiver, he catches with his body too much. He's very good after the catch. There's no doubt about that. And he brings versatility to the position where he's someone that he can line up in line. Uh, you can use him as an F. He can line up as an H-back. He can line up everywhere. So he does bring that positional versatility to him. But I don't think that's enough to really boost him into the second round. For me, I get he's a freak athlete. I, got, I get that he's got a very high ceiling. But I am pretty low on Brevin Jordan just because he's going to take a lot of work in order to really work out and be worth a second round, maybe even a day, maybe even a third round pick. I'm also just straight up not sure if Brevin Jordan will ever really become a tight end one. Um, I feel like people want quicker results than Brevin Jordan will be able to bring them. So I think he'll be a very good tight end two, or he'll work in kind of a big slot role, but I'm not sure he'll ever be a truly established tight end one in the NFL. Uh, not to say he can't be successful. A lot of teams use multiple tight ends, so he totally has that going for him. And finally, looking at Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. Uh, Tommy Tremble is a really fun one. We can even we can kind of lump Hunter Long in here partially. Uh, I think Hunter Long is a less athletic Tommy Tremble, but a little bit of a more refined blocker. So, Tommy Tremble, 6'3", 241, he's pretty similarly sized to Brevin Jordan. They're just a few pounds off. But Tommy Tremble, a significantly better blocker. I think he's a significantly better route runner. Um, I do know that Tommy Tremble has struggled with drops, and he really won't be a reliable option until he can clean that up. But he can line up in multiple spots, much like Brevin Jordan. He can line up in the slot as an F, as an H-back. So he has the athleticism and experience to continue lining up in different options. He did that a lot at Notre Dame. He moved around the offensive line and just around the offense in general quite a bit. Um, he's not nearly as good after the catch as Brevin Jordan is. That's, I mean, that that's just a fact, if we're being honest. Um, but I do think that Tommy Tremble's sneakily a pretty good deep threat and i do think that he's i mean right now he's tight in three for me in this class i'm high on him i like his game a lot and i think that he'll find success in the nfl tommy tremble and you can even talk about hunter long when you say this they're 
old school styles with a new school twist. Speaking of an old school style with a new school twist, check out rockauto.com. Visit Rock Auto for all your car parts needs. I've said it so many times. I don't even have a car, but I wanted to get familiar with the website, and I was shocked at how smooth my experience was. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to get hydraulics. Like I mentioned, Stimmy just hit for me. I know it just hit for a bunch of other people. Why not go nuts with it? Stimulate the economy. Go ahead. You got it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know exactly who sent you. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Next up is, of course, the offensive weapon, Young Joker, the human joystick, the rubber band man, Kadarius Tony. I'm a huge Kadarius Tony fan. If you can't tell, obviously, duh. Uh, I think he is a great offensive weapon. I think he is the offensive weapon in the 2021 draft class. I think he's undervalued right now. A lot of people seem to be not high on him as a first-round pick anymore. I still very much think he belongs to go in that first-round range. I think he just adds that much to an NFL offense. I spoke on this yesterday. I think Kadarius Toney is Randall Cobb plus. I think he'll be used in a very similar way, but I think he's vast, or I know he's vastly improved as a route runner. I know he's a reliable hands catcher, not great in contested catch situations. We know that. He's not great facing press coverage. He's dealt with a little bit of a shoulder injury for a while. He's had minor injuries at his time in college, but nothing huge. He's a special teams contributor, and if you want to hear me talk about him a lot more, check out today's episode of Lockdown Bucks, by the way. I was there talking about Kadarius Tony and a ton of other Gators prospects, so you can hear me more in-depth about Kadarius Tony right there today. The first player that I'll be comparing Kadarius Tony to is going to be Rondell Moore. Uh, Rondell Moore is a very fun player. There's no doubt about that. He's an awesome prospect. He just he is so athletic. It's honestly just it's it's pretty insane how athletic he is, especially given how small he is. Um, I think that's a huge knock on Rondell here. He's about five seven, so he's very tiny. He also hasn't been very productive since his freshman year at Purdue. He's struggled with injuries since then, and it's pretty worrisome for someone that's already small. I know that I spoke about Kadarius Tony's injuries, but Rondell Moore has only played in seven games through 2019 and 2020. 2018, he had a monster year. 114 catches, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, 21 carries, 200 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. So he's 
one of those guys similar to Kadarius Tony, where you just put the ball in his hands and you let him make plays, and he can do that. But Rondell's got injury concerns. He's more raw as a receiver in general, but I do think he's a better athlete than Kadarius. I don't think he's a better ball carrier than Kadarius, and I think that's where they really separate themselves. I'm, I've already said it. I'm, I'm very worried about Rondell Moore being able to hold up as an offensive weapon. I, I do have him listed as an offensive weapon, not a wide receiver. So I do think it's going to be very difficult for Rondo to hold up at the NFL level as an offensive weapon. I think he could be that that uh, that, that Percy Harvin kind of guy where it's like, oh, he's just so dynamic with the ball in his hands. But he's so often injured that it's going to really just hurt his legacy, his career, however you want to say it. But... I do think he still gets drafted early day three, I'll say, or late day two, just for the pure potential that he has as a ball carrier. The next player to compare Kadarius Tony to will be Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. Now, Elijah Moore, he's been used as a bit more of a running option this year. He had 14 carries, which is most of his career, which is good. I think Elijah Moore is one of those guys where you're not going to see him line up in the backfield often at the NFL, but he could be your, uh, he could be your, I guess, Antonio Brown style end around sweeps, Debo Samuel style. Maybe you can compare that to. I think that's how he'll be used. Very similar to that. I think he's a pretty good route runner for someone who is just now bursting onto the scene. Really, Elijah Moore has shown steady improvement year after year and I think it's very promising for him at the next level because he's shown steady improvement with an an inconsistent coaching staff they changed coaching staffs last year so I think it's very important to note that he's doing this with a new coaching staff he's improved significantly year after year he's in a much better offense this year which is great for him I think Elijah Moore really hits the spot when he plays against zone coverage i think he he is just fantastic at finding a spot sitting in the zone weak spot and making plays in that way i think he might be the best just legitimate wide receiver on this list but uh i think i would still prefer having someone like Kadarius tony as an offensive weapon but if you're going to use him as a pure wide receiver i could see you easily favoring elijah moore here Elijah Moore is, he's a good enough route runner where I think early on he'll be able to find success in the NFL, and I think that's huge because personally when I'm looking at a wide receiver, I think route running is the primary thing that we have to look at, and that will determine the success of a prospect because while that might be one of the easiest things to work on, it's not one of the flashiest things to work on, and a lot of guys just overlook it. The final wide receiver to look at to compare to Kadarius Tony is Terrace Marshall out of LSU. They are not very similarly sized, so I'm going to make that very clear. But they are often ranked near each other. Terrace Marshall is about three inches taller, maybe even four inches taller. Terrace Marshall, of course, uh, 2019 was on that fantastic LSU team. No matter how much we hate them, we can admit they had a fantastic roster back then. Um, he was really the third option behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. 
This year was supposed to be his year to be the number one option through and through. He ended up playing in seven games. Uh, he still had 10 touchdowns in those seven games, but he didn't play as much as we would have liked to see, um, as at least as a legitimate number one receiving option. Of course, he only played in seven games because he opted out at some point, which is totally fair. LSU, they weren't really fighting for anything this year, so that was fun. Um at least for me to, to watch them, you know, not have a great year, especially after the amazing year they had the year before that. I think Terrace Marshall here is, I think he's right now, he's just a height, weight, speed kind of guy. Um, I'm not super sold on his route running, his release. I've seen him struggle with drops before. I think he could play a big slot perfectly well, but there are questions for me with Terrace Marshall's game, and I would take him, if I'm looking for a receiver, I'd take him after Elijah Moore. If I'm looking for just an offensive player, a skill position player, I'd take him after Kadarius and Elijah Moore. Um, Talent-wise, I'd maybe even take Rondell ahead of him, but injury-wise, I'd have to take that into effect. So I'd probably take Terrace above Rondell there. Uh, I think Terrace has a ton of potential, but I think that he he's really got to work on some things. I think he's got... Not high bust potential, but I think he's got a high ceiling and a pretty low floor. So that's a bit worrisome for me. All in all, I know it sounds a bit homerish to say this about not just tight end, but now this offensive weapon role, or at least amongst these four guys. I do think Kadarius Tony is the best of these four. Uh, Rondell's got injury concerns. Elijah Moore's a great receiver. Again, if I'm taking just a receiver... I think I would take Elijah over Kadarius Tony in some instances, given my offense, what I'm trying to do there. Um, but I do think if I'm looking for someone who's going to contribute in multiple ways, Kadarius Tony would be the guy over Rondale, Elijah, and Terrace Marshall. Um, I think Terrace Marshall would be third best player in this group. So, I mean, it, it could be homerish, but I'm taking Kadarius Tony in most instances right here. Just a reminder. For Kadarius Tony's draft position, the over/under for him is 27 and a half on BetOnline.ag. Of course, BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Seriously, it's it's absurd. Like, there's things you could bet on that you wouldn't even think of. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's completely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Of course, like I've been saying for a while now, I, I've been using my mobile device for it. I've been using Bet Online for years. I think it's amazing, and I'm very happy that I get to do ad reads for a place that I use frequently. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 50 percent welcome bonus this year the locked on podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live get insight and analysis from locked on local experts and the draft network's national experts Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th through May 1st. 
you may also see or hear me there at some point during the weekend. I'm just saying I'm not making any promises. I'm just saying it's it's possible that I'm going to show up at some point. But back to this episode of Locked On Gators. Next up, we'll compare Kyle Trask to Mac Jones, Davis Mills, and Kellen Mond. And I know that us Gators, we've seen Mac Jones a bit. We've seen Kellen Mond a lot. We haven't seen Davis Mills play in the SEC, or at least against the Gators in the SEC. So we'll take a look at these QB prospects and compare them to one another and see how they stack up. So I went pretty in-depth on Kyle Trask yesterday, so I'm not going to do that again here. Um, Of course, we know good pocket passer. I think he has an underrated arm, so just a quick overlay there. I do, of course, acknowledge he's got mechanics to clean up. He is not an athlete, but that can only improve so much. So, I mean, you can't ask for a ton from him. Like I've said before, I don't know how someone could like Kyle Trask or and dislike Mac Jones or like Mac Jones and dislike Kyle Trask. I think they're very similar players. I think, sure, Mac Jones tested better this year uh, at the Pro Day, but on film, Mac Jones doesn't show that athleticism or at least the sneaky athleticism that he put up at the pro day. So I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, Mac Jones is a better athlete. They're very similar players. Um, so it's, it's weird to me that Mac Jones is getting talk as a third overall pick, and people are defending that. But Kyle Trask is like, yeah, third round pick, and people are okay with that. It's very weird to me. They should just be similarly ranked. They are very similarly ranked for me. I think they are. Yeah, pretty similar players. There's not a huge difference between the two of them, so it's still so weird to me. I do have Mac Jones 0.05 higher in terms of my overall grade on a 9-point scale, so they're very close prospects to me, at least. Next up is Stanford quarterback Davis Mills, who uh, I'm not super high on him. I know he's been a weird late riser. Um, Not for me, though. I do think that Davis Mills has good enough arm strength to make the majority of throws that he'll be asked to do. I think he can get enough zip on the ball. He's got very inconsistent accuracy for me. I think he does a decent job at reading defenses. He's not an athlete, of course, so similarly to Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, he's not going to really create things out of nothing. Uh, I think Davis Mills has an above-average arm in general when you're looking at it just completely with accuracy and arm strength. But Davis Mills has struggled with injuries a lot, and he lacks experience, which for a quarterback, more important than any other position, really. I would like to see him be more consistent as a passer. For me, really, the injuries are killing Davis Mills here. There's just not enough tape on him or not not enough recent tape on him to really get a good feel for what you're getting here, and I would not touch him before day three. That's just me. Injuries are a big concern, especially when you show that you've been consistently injured. That is a huge concern. One freak injury, not a big thing, but multiple consistent injuries, very worrisome here for Davis Mills, at least in my eyes. The final quarterback to talk about is someone that we've seen plenty of for the Gators. We've got Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback. He's been a starter for it seems like eternity now he's just played so long he's a four-year starter quarterback which is very rare to see 
at the college level because usually three years you start and then you're done but Kellen Mond stayed for a fourth year I think it was huge for him to stay for this fourth year he really showed his stuff and he showed improvement a ton of it and I'll say that and I think that he's going to be an NFL quarterback I don't know if he's gonna be a starter but I think he'll be a decent NFL quarterback whether it's average starter or high level backup that's what I've got for him now is his projection he's got like Davis Mills and like Kyle Trask and like Mac Jones I think he's got enough arm strength to make the throws he'll be asked to make Kellen Mond of course like Davis Mills struggles with accuracy especially on the deep ball that's very concerning there and I will say Kellen Mond He's a legit threat as a runner, and defenses will have to respect him. He's also surprisingly good at throwing on the run, which is awesome for him. Kellen Mond has, which you don't get to say this about many scramblers, but Kellen Mond has quick release, solid footwork, pretty clean mechanics when you're looking at him as a prospect. Um, I think the biggest part for Kellen Mond that needs to improve is reading the defense during the play, I think pre-snap, Kellen Mond has no problem taking control of the line and making adjustments. But I do think that during the snap, Kellen Mond doesn't really recognize when late blitzes are coming. Um, he tends to rush his reads when pressure's coming in. He, I will say he has no problem sitting in the pocket when he wants to, but he, he, I think, should run a little bit more than he does. I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. Um, again, an average starter which when you consider where he's at as a prospect now average starter is a significant improvement for Kellen Mond uh accuracy is inconsistent which is especially worrisome just usually when accuracy is an issue it's oftentimes mechanics but Kellen Mond has pretty good mechanics so it's pretty worrisome at this point that he's still struggling with accuracy given that he's a four-year starter amongst these QBs though I would go Mac Jones just barely is the best QB. Then Kyle Trask. Then I'd go Mac Jones. And then at, at the end, I'd go Davis Mills. Davis Mills injuries are so concerning for me. I'm very worried about them. And honestly, I wouldn't touch him day three. Late day three even is when I would touch him just because I don't want to draft someone who's not going to be available to play. That does it for this episode of Locked On Gators. Uh, for tomorrow's episode, it's once again up in the air exactly what we'll be talking about, but I can assure you that it'll be about the NFL draft. Thank you for listening once again. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at Whole9Sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports.com. You can also follow Whole Nine Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Whole Nine Sports. And you can catch me on a live stream for Whole Nine Sports for every single pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. Don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Please do leave a review. I really want to make this the best Gators podcast possible. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Bucks, hosted by James Yarcho and David Harrison, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on today's episode. I touched on that a little bit before. It was an absolute blast to talk with James and David. So we get to talk about a lot of Florida Gators prospects and even some other prospects from other schools. Um, I I get to trash talk Miami a little bit, so that's always fun. Just want to throw that out there. That that was was a blast for me. Uh, Thank you, and have a great Tuesday.